Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, great privilege uh, to be here talking uh, to you this evening. It's a very timely message because this time of year, people are quite often doing those uh, crazy things like New Year's resolutions, which uh, I think stats-wise don't really last too far uh, into the new year. But it certainly is the time of the year that people do think about the year gone by and the sorts of things that they would like to have happen to them in the year ahead. So I've got a title for you uh, this evening. Your past is not your future. Thanks, Rashida. Your past is not your future. And that's pretty much what the content is going to be about, which is exactly that title. So what I do know is that for all of us, we've got a past. And to varying degrees, that past may have coloured or shaped our present, but it doesn't have to determine our future. That's an important thing to take on board. So some of the things I'm going to be talking about tonight, they may not totally relate to you or your past, but perhaps you can use those things to help others. Perhaps it's both. That's certainly true for me. Uh, Some of the content that uh, I'm going to be talking about tonight, it's helped me in my own personal journey. And in turn, I've used those tools and the things that I've learnt to be able to help others in places like Peru, of all things. Uh, As the title implies, your past does not equal your future. So some of the framework for tonight's message, it does come from the church ministry trip that Pastor Jeff mentioned and I went to uh, in July this year to Peru with One Nation One Day. I was asked to head up a new ministry team over there that was specifically designed to help abuse victims, uh, those that had been victims of uh, domestic abuse, both physical and sexual. And the idea was to provide help to the, the very victims themselves and, of course, to be able to equip and train others to help others. Uh, and I can uh, gratefully report that that was exactly what the case was. Uh, the conference, the seminar that I did at the end of that week where there was over 400 people there, the amazing thing was that as I got to talk with some of them during the breaks, over half of them were there as victims themselves, which is great because I wanted to be able to speak to people who'd gone through some horrific things. But the other half of the people that were there, they were there to help others. And I think that's a great thing uh, to be able to pass on a legacy, uh, to be able to learn about yourself and to be able to learn for other people also. So obviously you can probably imagine that a lot of the content there, it was about um, helping to stop the abuse from continuing to happen and of course to help those uh, that were going through it themselves or had been through it. So of course some of the specifics uh, were helping people deal with some of those effects and if I was to break it down and to summarise what was the overall content, then really it's about helping people deal with as best as they can things that have happened to them. So you can generalise that message for every one of you right now tonight. This is about helping you work through and deal with some stuff that may have happened in your life journey. Because the concepts, the principles of being able to get through things, work through those, maybe do some things in your life that you need to do, they are common, they are standard, no matter what it is that you may have actually been through. And I think the stuff that I got to speak about in Peru, it doesn't get any more cutting edge and pretty horrific than that kind of stuff. And so many people there, they they come up to me, there's tears in their eyes, they're thanking me for some keys and some answers that they had been searching for. Um, So their prayers have been answered and I was just a a privilege to uh, to really be a part of that. So the key things there is that what happened to them did not define them. And that's true for all of us. What happens to us does not need to define us. And their past did not determine their future. And so let me tell you tonight, our past does not need to determine our future either. 
So you can apply this to the whatever um, in your life. It might be a recent disappointment. Uh, It might be a failure in your own life. Uh, Maybe it's a failure that someone else did that affected you. Uh, It might be something that was done to you. Maybe inadvertently you did something to somebody else and you just can't forgive yourself. You just can't move beyond that. Well, regardless, these concepts, they're universal and you will find they apply to them. Maybe it's about a failed relationship, uh, a busted up marriage. Could be about finance issues that you've got. Maybe you've got some study stress or work issues. Maybe it's even a godly dream or an aspiration. All of these things can be, um, I suppose, catalysts for disappointment, for stress, for thinking there's no future. How is this ever going to change? But as I said, those keys, those principles, they are all the same regardless of what it is. Now, you don't need to be breathing long on this planet to realise that stuff happens. So none of us are immune uh, from having disappointments or hardships or worse come our way and affect our lives. And I'm not trying to minimise any of that at all. Uh, I'm not trying to take away your pain or your loss. If you've suffered pain, if you've suffered loss, that's real. I certainly appreciate it. I get that. But I saw a lot of that in Peru as well. And what I was there was to bring a message of hope. And I hope that's what you hear tonight as well. This is a message of hope. Might it stir up some things in your heart? Probably. In one sense, I hope it does, because like any injury, like any sore that we've got, there does need to be that healing process. So can I encourage you, have open ears, push through a level of uncomfortableness that perhaps you might feel and hear. But hear the message, hear the restoration, hear that there is good news, hear that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And recovery and healing and a whole life is available to every single one of us. We serve a great God. He wants that for every single one of us. So have your open ears uh, to all of that. You know, part of what I was able to do in uh, Peru, I was able to minister out of some of my own experiences, as I mentioned. You know, I was able to relate to some of those children uh, in a very tangible way because their story was very similar to my story. It was a story theirs was and mine was of growing up uh, in an environment where where I was exposed to child abuse um, in its various forms. But over the years, I've found that there are some amazing tools and things that I have learnt. I'm speaking from a 30-year journey of working through some of the stuff from my childhood. Am I there yet? Not quite. But am I farther along than I ever was before? You better believe it. Absolutely. And so I want to share some of those things with you tonight, if that's okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this time that as we look at the calendar ticking over, God, there's no boundaries for you. You are timeless. And I pray, Father, you'll help all of us here tonight hear what it is that you want to say to each of us. And that you will show us, Lord, a path to victory and wholeness the way that you intended. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I've just got three key points for us. My first one is my past. I mean that as in you, so think of that as in the the first person. So we're going to be talking about your past. You know, to bring about changes in our lives, we do need to understand our past. We need to see how it's coloured our lives and how it's shaped our present. And therefore, that helps us determine what our future will be. Uh, now, Heather, if you want one coming up here, this is Heather Valentine. Give her a round of applause because she's about to do some amazing stuff. Heather is a science teacher. 
And um, I had these ideas on how I wanted to help demonstrate some of these principles for my message tonight. And I thought, I know Heather's a science teacher and I've got a science idea here. So I contacted her and she said, absolutely love to do what I'm about to do. So she's got the lab coat there. I'm staying way over here because uh, she's got some chemicals that in the wrong hands can be quite dangerous. So here's the standard disclaimer. Do not try this at home. Girls, boys are adults. Okay, don't do this at home. But I'm talking about us needing to understand that sometimes the things that happen to us can change and colour and affect our lives. And so some of the demonstrations we're going to be doing tonight will hopefully help visually demonstrate that. So the first one then, just as Heather's setting that up, is that if something significant happens to you in your life and it simply can't be shaken off, so I'm talking about significant things, then it can get into your life and it becomes a part of you, perhaps without even realising it. Or maybe you do realise it, but you don't really understand what it is that specifically uh, might be affecting you. And it can be insidious sometimes. It can be like, I know there's something happening, but I don't understand why, and I'm not really understanding why. So Heather, if you could do the first part for us, which would be great. Because we live whole lives... And what we're seeing here is we've got a life that starts out fine and then some stuff happens along the way. And life doesn't become clear anymore. It might have been clear to start with, but it doesn't always start out as being clear. And this is the effect. When something happens to you, it doesn't just affect one part of your life. It permeates every part of your soul spirit. You can't separate it. You can't say, well, that was just that thing that happened to me. I'll just ignore that and move on. It's pretty difficult to do that when something gets into your entire life. Thanks, Heather. We'll call upon you soon. It was easy, wasn't it? No sparks or anything there? And, you know, I've talked with people over the years and I've had the privilege of ministering to many people uh, with some tragic circumstances and, and they've had the well-meaning advice of, well, you know, just, just move past that, just pretend it didn't happen or just isolate that from your life. Well, assuming that coloured liquid, that pink stuff, if that was the bad stuff that happened to our lives, how do you isolate that when it gets into your life and it becomes a part of who you are? If you don't understand that it has affected your entire life, then you can't go on that process of working it through and leaving it all behind. So you might have heard the saying, you know, the past is the past, leave it behind. Well, at the moment, if your life is like that, with the coloured liquid, it's pretty hard to leave that behind. But is it possible to do that? Absolutely, and possible to be able to move on. So the most important thing here is we need to understand that what we do determines and affects our future. If we do nothing, our future probably won't change. But we can bring about some things in our lives to bring about the change that we are looking at doing. What I want to question, uh, throw the question out to you also, or the encouragement, is please don't ask the why God question. You know, why did this happen? Even if you got an answer, it won't change what might have happened to you. Information doesn't change us. Transformation is what changes us. So getting an understanding, getting the answer to that question, why God did this happen, it won't change anything. And uh, I'm reminded of the story in, in the Bible, Job, when he actually had some friends who were trying to help him as well. And if you're not familiar with that story, read Job and you'll find out that asking people also, why do you think this happened to me? They're going to have a whole bunch of crazy ideas, hardly any of them godly. So basically, don't ask others, don't ask God, but be looking to him to help you to be able to move forwards. Then 
By me encouraging you, don't ask God about the why question. That does not at all mean that God doesn't care. He most absolutely does. Let me show you a scripture here. This is in Luke chapter 12 and verse 7, which says, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So God absolutely cares. He sees everything that happens in our lives, and he wants to bring us through that process of recovery and for wholeness. So that's my, my first point. They're the past. You'll notice we didn't spend too much time in the past. That's golden. We shouldn't spend all our time in the past. We need to acknowledge it. We need to understand we've got a past. We need to maybe scoop up some things along the way and try and get some more understanding and meaning only so that we know what we need to work towards and what we need to work through. So now we go to the next point, our present. So number two is my second point here, my present, as in your present. Now, of course, we do need God every single day. Uh, there's a saying that uh, you might have heard some Christians saying, oh, you know, I've got so many challenges. All we can do now is pray. It's like that's on the bottom of their list. That's the last thing they do is all we can do now is pray. Kind of got it around the wrong way, folks. That's the first thing we need to be doing is saying, God, would you help me with this? And then you can engage your brain and look at things that you can actually do with God's help by asking him for that. So just like understanding your past is important, understanding your present is also just as important. Things like what pressures your buttons? What triggers you? What causes you to react or to lean towards reacting? Now, I'm talking about things that happen to you and, and that you respond in things in ways that you don't intend to and that if you have it happen, you go, oh, I wish I didn't say that or I wish that didn't affect me that way. That's the sort of stuff I'm talking about. And if that happens repetitively through your life, then there's more than likely some things that we need to be working through with you. So, you know, what pressures your buttons? Uh, what are those things that actually trigger you? What I do know is there's no things as cop-outs. You know, the ultimate cop-out of that's just the way I am. Sorry, that doesn't fly with me. You can say this is how it affects me at the moment. Fine, I'll go with you on that one. But to say that's just the way I am, that tells me you've already given up. That tells me that you don't believe there is a future. That tells me that you want to excuse your action or inaction and just by saying, well, that's just the way I am. But it doesn't need to be that way. There's an interesting book I read many times, uh, many years ago, and I'm sure a lot of you have read it as well. It's by Dale Carnegie, and it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. But I've met many people that I think they've written their own version of that. It's called How to Drive Away Friends and Alienate People by Insert Your Name Here. Now, if you're tempted to insert your name there, just write a new book and go more so for the other one. So to say things like, you know, that's just the way I am. I'm just a prickly cactus, like it or lump it. Well, people are going to lump it, take it or leave it. They're going to leave it, and they're going to leave you as well at the same time. And you'll end up with a lonely life, and we don't want that to happen. So um, if you're saying that's just the way I am, how about you change it to that's the way I was and change it to be me being someone different? But certainly understanding what triggers you, that's important. So maybe if you're someone who's been through physical abuse, then if you're in a situation and someone comes up and touches you and you weren't expecting it, you can react. That's a normal human reaction if you've been through those sorts of traumas. Now, does that mean that that's always going to happen to you in that way? No, not at all. But you need to understand you are reacting because of. And then what you can do is work through processes of some desensitisation. 
and set up some acceptable boundaries so that, you know, people can get the cues on, is it okay for me to approach you type of thing. So if someone wants to come and give you this huge big bear hug and if that's not you, that's a great way to stop that one. Stick your hand out, handshake. They'll get the message. What's more important, them being slightly offended or you being totally freaked out and re-traumatised? You need to protect yourself. So understand some of those things that happen and to be able to work through those. Maybe it's loud noises uh, that really affect you because of something traumatic that happened. Again, be working through that process of some uh, desensitisation treatments that might be able to help you. Maybe it's past relationship hurts and people have offended you. That's more than likely going to happen. One of the responses is never letting anybody get close again. But again, you will live a very isolated life if you do that. Why don't you go through that process of building up that trust, regaining it, being wisdom with who you pour your heart out to, but be open to having new relationships. Your next best relationship could be just around the corner. So understand that the things that affect you don't have to determine your future. You know, sometimes we can chastise ourselves, things like, I shouldn't feel, I'm angry at, and we can tell ourselves off about that as well. Well, maybe that's valid, but most of the time, it probably isn't. It's, again, probably a, um, an outcome of triggers and things that affect you. So let yourself off the hook a little bit. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We don't need people to condemn us and tell us off. We're doing a great job all by ourselves. We're our number one fan club or of the number one hate club. Some people just so hate themselves. It's unbelievable. And if you replayed their inner thoughts to somebody else, they would say, that is terrible. Why is somebody saying something like that about that person? They're such a lovely person. But our internal speak can say that about ourselves sometimes because we have such a low opinion about ourselves. Well, that's not the case at all. So we need to change those recordings that go on side in our heads. Now, I'm not at all saying that we shouldn't be having emotions and feeling those. God has made us emotional beings. We most certainly have them. But living in bad emotions, living in emotions that are not healthy is not healthy for us. Acting wrongly through them because we are just reacting emotionally, again, that's not an excuse. We are still responsible for our own reactions. There might be reasons for it, but we're still responsible. So we need to take that level of accountability. And if you think anger is a sin, it isn't. Sometimes what happens as a result of our sin, sorry, of our anger is a sin, but anger in itself isn't. And let me show you this. You might not have seen this before. Um, it's in Ephesians 1, 26. Uh, I don't think you're going to find it on the uh, scriptures here, on the screens. Ephesians 4, 26 says, In your anger, do not sin. So the Bible doesn't say, do not be angry. It says, in your anger, do not sin. So that's the thing that we need to be wary of. Now, here's the next point here, which as I look around the room and I think about the number of people that are here and more than likely that we've all had stuff happen to us, forgiveness is a very difficult thing that all of us work through at different times. And so I want to mention that forgiveness is a part of the journey. It is a part of the process. But at the same time, I do not want to heap condemnation on you saying that you must forgive before you leave the building tonight from whatever. I can tell you it is a process, it is what God wants you to be able to do, but you will need to get there. And I had uh, some issues back from my childhood. There was a family member that I had uh, huge anger against. There was forgiveness that was necessary in my heart. It doesn't matter what they did. 
the thing was, in my heart, I needed to be able to forgive them. And I was a relatively new Christian, so I understood I needed to forgive, but I was a long way from being there and going, yep, not a problem, I forgive them. So my prayer for weeks and weeks on end every day, it was this, God, give me the willingness to want to forgive them. Because I wasn't even at the stage of, Lord, I forgive them. I wasn't even at the stage of, I want to forgive them. I did not want to forgive them. But I did understand I needed to. So I prayed that God would give me the willingness to be able to forgive them. And I prayed that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then the next thing I was planning on praying was, well, thank you, God, that I've got the willingness. Now help me to be able to forgive them. You know, the amazing thing happened in those weeks and weeks of, Lord, give me the willingness to forgive this person. One day out came my mouth, Lord, I thank you that I have forgiven person X. And so, and a huge burden lifted off my shoulder at that point. And I really appreciated how much God loves us and forgives us daily also. So who am I to not forgive? So please don't feel that you have to do that straight away. Understand it is a process, but it will be a part of you working through whatever it is that might happen there. It's layers of forgiveness. Now, it's interesting, in the uh, seminar that I gave in Peru, one of the ladies, um, we had question and answer time, and I thought I'll just... Opened the floor up for five minutes. Well, five minutes became 40 minutes. Uh, there were just so many amazing questions that people were asking uh, with interpreters, of course, because they speak Spanish in Peru. And one of the ladies asked me, she says, is it possible to forgive the person who abused me? Because they're not alive anymore, they're dead. And my response to her was, absolutely, dear lady, because forgiveness is from your heart. And so you don't need the person in front of you. They don't even need to be alive. Forgiveness is about you letting something go and not holding it against them. It's about you not being judge, uh, jury and executioner. And like tears are flying down her eyes because she thought that her opportunity was gone. Not at all. So let me encourage you, if you've got people that are no longer in your lives and you feel you need to work through the forgiveness thing, you can, whether they're here or not, whether they're actively in your life. Now, here's the other thing with forgiveness. You can physically offer it to somebody if they're still in your life and you feel to actually do that. You offering it and them accepting it, two different things. What if they don't accept your forgiveness? That's on them. When you offer forgiveness, that's it. And don't be a gift returner. If you give the gift of forgiveness, leave it with them. Do the whole no refunds policy, okay? Don't let it come back. Now, if they don't want to accept the forgiveness, as I said, that's on them, not on you. It's taking the burden off you, and what they do with it is really up to them. So these are all parts of the key. So Heather, ready for demonstration number two? Thank you. These are all the things that start to help us decolor our life, help us to change the color, change the gradient of what our life is looking like. And so I've thrown a few of those out already. So the next thing that Heather's going to be doing, she's going to be showing us what God does in our lives as well. As we work towards the things that we're learning that we need to do, as we're trying to help ourselves to be able to move forwards, the impact on those things that have affected our lives become less and less. They still might be there, there still might be traces of it, still might be evidence of it, but then that colour is nowhere near as strong as it was before. It was a really deep pink, now it's a pale pink, still traces, still a little bit there, but that's okay because we're a work in progress and there's things that we still need to be working through as well. Thanks, Heather.
We'll get you back shortly for the third one. So as far as the things that happen to us, we don't have to be a product of our environment. The choice is actually ours. Uh, we can and perhaps do get affected by the environment that we are in, and so we need to be aware of that. But we don't need to be the product of our environment. If we walked into a cold room, a couple of things you're going to want to do. You're going to want to grab a coat, I suppose. Like if this was a lot colder than it's comfortably now, you want to be able to grab a coat, beanie perhaps, get some gloves, all that kind of stuff. Makes sense, doesn't it? You get into a cold room and you just want to rug up. But in the recovery world, let me tell you what that is. It's adapting. It's staying in an environment that is not good for you, that is not healthy, but you just adapt because you think, well, it's not really great, but here's something that can help me. Here's a comfort for me. And we've got many types of comfort. It might be alcohol, could be drugs, could be food, uh, could be, I don't know, whatever it is. It's way more comfortable to not have to move out of the environment, but to just adapt, to find things that help make it seem like there isn't a problem anymore. So you can get so rugged up in a cold room that it doesn't feel cold anymore, but it still is. And eventually that will still affect you. If you're breathing in really cold air, it's going to affect your lungs, even if your fingers aren't cold anymore. So I know for us as human beings, adapting, it's the easiest natural thing to do. It's the path of less resistance. What does take effort is removing yourself from the environment that is not healthy for you. It's about doing the things that you need to do to be able to move on from that. So let me ask you this. What's the environment that's impeding things in your life? What are some things that are taking off the edge, just taking off the sparkle a little bit? Maybe there's some environments that you either need to change around you or maybe you just need to get out of the actual environment that you are currently in. Now, sometimes getting out of the environment is difficult, so changing it can be just as effective. I was speaking to a school teacher in Peru. We went to um, uh, the worst school in Peru, which has the worst level um, of abuse, the, the city that I was in, which is Iquitos. And I said to the school teacher, I said, there's all this horrible abuse that's happening in the family and they all live under the one roof in a really tiny dwelling that does not look like a home. And I said to her, Carmen, how, how can we possibly help these people when everyone's living in the same room? And, you know, there's no boundaries here. She says, we actually give them boundaries. They will put up a sheet that will divide the room into two halves and they will say to the male members of the family, you sleep on that side. And to the female members of the family, you sleep on that side. And that, believe it or not, that was enough to stop a lot of the abuse just by changing the environment that somebody was in. So I'm wondering what divisions that you might need to put into your life that will help bring about some of those changes for the environment. You might not be able to totally get out of the environment that you're in, but you can change some of the things that you're in so that you don't become a, a victim of that. I mentioned about the mind uh, being something that hampers us. Let me give you this amazing scripture. This will be up on the screen for you. This is Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. I just love it. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. So God really wants to journey with you. He's giving you a mind and he wants to work with you in it so that you can live a whole full life. Okay, that's my second point. Number two, that's present. Here's my third point, my last one here tonight, my future. Because the title of the message was, your past is not your future. So we've journeyed a bit on your past, got some understanding. 
We've gone into the present, seen how it affects our lives perhaps in different ways. Well, now I want to talk about a great future uh, that God has for you. Here's an amazing scripture for you. This is Mark chapter 9, verses 22 to 24. This is a man who comes to Jesus and he'd already tried to get the disciples uh, to help heal his son and uh, they hadn't been incredibly successful. So he goes to Jesus and we pick it up in verse 22. This is the man talking to Jesus. He says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus replies, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I think that's an amazing response the man has. Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. The man says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. What's going on here? Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. The man says, I agree with that. Jesus says, for him who believes. And the man says, I'm not there yet. That's what that scripture says to me. So let it be for you as well, because you might, again, have had some well-meaning Christians that have helped you with some Bible verses about what it is that you might be struggling with and going through. And they will show you what the Word of God says, which is true, and I'm not discounting that. But is it true for you yet? Perhaps not. It's a timing thing for a lot of the time. So this guy's saying, help me overcome my unbelief. But it's about a journey. You know, in the abuse realm, uh, there's a mantra that's talked about. It's talked about moving from being a victim to a survivor to a thriver. Because just surviving isn't enough. You need to actually live and to be able to thrive. Let me give you another verse. This is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, which says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. If you're getting a bit of a feel for a theme here, it's about the mind. You're right. It really is. And again, verses like this says, do not conform yourself to the pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To put simply, it means our minds can be renewed. Can you forget your past? Probably not. I've prayed a lot of times unsuccessfully for selective amnesia. Hasn't happened yet. But I do know the power of this word that says, be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So when something might affect me that makes me think about my past, I'm holding on to this promise. And I say, God, you're renewing my mind. So I might have remembered this. This might have evoked this thought. This might have evoked this feeling. I might be thinking about this. But I don't need to be ruled by that. I get to renew my mind and to have different thought processes. So this verse is true. And again, it might be a work in progress for you. Heather, back again. So all of these things we're talking about, it's about the ultimate destination that God has for us. And it's going to be a timing thing for a lot of us. But this is God's ultimate plan for our lives. As the stuff becomes less and less affected in our lives, His ultimate plan is something absolutely amazing. And here it comes with a couple of drops. If only it was so easy. But with God, all things are possible. Look at that. 
That looks pretty clear to me. That looks like not a lot of trace. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Heather. That was a fantastic demonstration. Thank you for that. And let me bookend that with this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And another one here, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What I know out of all of this and what I saw so evidently with the beautiful people in Peru is that no life is a total shipwreck, no matter what has happened to you. Nothing that has happened to us cannot be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. God's got promises. He's got great plans for every single one of us. Our lives can be that. That's what God wants for us. So can I encourage you, be looking for that clear liquid, be looking at your life, becoming exactly like that, because that is God wants, what God wants for us. And in case you are still condemning yourself because maybe you've done something to somebody else and it haunts you, let me give you this reassuring uh, verse as I wrap up. And I'll have the music team back if you can come. That'd be great. Thanks. This is Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, that might be self-condemnation because you blame yourself for what happened, and a lot of people do. Um, I know with, um, with abuse uh, that I suffered as well, a lot of it is, it must have been my fault. I must have done something wrong. And I heard that from these kids in Peru. They said, I made my father do those things to me. It was like, no, you didn't. You did not at all. That was that person's actions on there. So sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. But maybe you've inadvertently uh, hurt somebody along the way. One of the ladies that was on my team, and I had a squad of uh, 10 amazing ladies in my team. It was pretty funny. There were, the, there were the 10 ladies plus me leading all of them. That was the squad. I was actually, the, the team was called the Women's Ministry Team. And they did this double take every time they saw me at the front of the bus uh, in the beginning of the morning. So it was the women plus me. Uh, but uh, one of the ladies privately shared with me, she said for her, going to Peru was um, helpful to her because she had in her own brokenness, she had actually hurt some other people. And this was her way of not redeeming herself because you can't do that as such. But she wanted to be able to give back and to be able to help others, knowing what it felt like to be on the receiving end of what someone else had done to you. So maybe you need to forgive yourself. Or as I said before, maybe you need to go on that journey of forgiving other people. But in all of this, and I thank you for your attention this evening, I've talked a lot about a God, a God who understands and a God who cares. And that is absolutely true. And I don't know everybody's situation in this room here tonight. So I want to give you the most important opportunity that we can do all year for you is that you can meet Jesus Christ. You can meet this God that I'm talking about. It will be so simple. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. You can even stay seated exactly where you are. What I will ask you to do, I'm going to ask everybody in a few moments, they're going to close their eyes and they're going to give you total privacy. And I'm going to ask you a very simple thing to slip up your hand if you want to say, I want to say yes to this God. I want to say yes to this Jesus that you've been telling me about. It's so simple that that's all you need to do. So if I can have every eye bowed, please, every eye closed. So that's all it is for you tonight. 
If you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord, as your Saviour, if you want to get to know this God that I've been talking about, it is so easy. All you need to do is slip up your hand and say yes. And then we will all pray a prayer that you will pray as well. I'll ask you to pray a prayer. And it's as simple as that of you saying yes to Jesus. As I look around now, if there's anybody here tonight, you just slip your hand up. Thank you. I see that. Anyone else? Thank you up there. That's fabulous. Very simple prayer. It will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. Thank you over there as well. I'll just wait a few more seconds. Okay, so we're all going to pray this prayer. I'm going to repeat this, and if you can repeat it after me, and uh, those people that raised your hand, if you can repeat this, and everyone else will join in with you as well. Dear Jesus, I say yes to you. I ask you to come into my life, forgive my past, and I walk into a great future with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for those people that responded to you and perhaps others that uh, didn't raise their hand, but maybe they prayed that as well. Lord, I pray that that will become real and true for every single one of them. Lord, may their lives be totally changed as of tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Uh, You can look up. Thank you, everybody. Now, we've got an amazing concept for you. I said we weren't going to embarrass you. This is completely up to you. But we've got these little flies here and up on the screen also. We've got a special number that's coming up there. It's a text number, 0488 826 392. We've set this up. It's our church that does this, not anybody else. It's just us. All you need to do is type in the word yes, send it to that phone number. And what we will do, free of charge for you, we will send you a Bible verse every morning at 7 a.m. with a sample prayer that you can pray to help you get into the whole prayer thing. And we'll do that for 30 days. After that, there's some mini-series you can opt into if you want to. If at any time you want to stop that, that's fine. You can opt out of it. Uh, But so many people have found it an incredible blessing. Let that be the beginning of your journey to the Jesus that you just said yes to. We've got a Connect Hub, what we call it. As you leave the auditorium doors, just to the left-hand side there, it's called Connect Hub. We would love to give you a Bible and some other resources. So if you just go over to them and say, I said yes, can I have a Bible? That's all you need to say. They'll give you a Bible. And if you want to walk off at that point, that's totally fine. But they would love to answer any questions you've got and give you some more resources. So please make sure that you avail themselves of that offer. We'd love that to be a part of uh, what's happening for you. Now, that was a very important thing to do. So let's give those people a hand of a clap there. But for the rest of us, and that's every single one of us, this is about leaving some things behind. So we're going to open up the frontier to prayer in a few moments. And I want to list off the things that I want to invite you to come forward to receive prayer for. Don't come forward just because I'm asking you. But if you respond to what these challenges are and you want to move on in your life, then I want you to come forward and our pastoral staff team, we would love to pray with you. You don't need to get into the details. If you want to say what it is, that's fine. You can. If you don't want to, that's totally fine as well. We respect your privacy. We just want to join with you in faith. So if there's things that you want to leave behind that have affected your life, then I want you to come forward in a few moments. If there's things that you finally realised, hey, Bruce, I need to start working through some of these things. I didn't realise how much they had coloured my life. If you want to start working through some things, then I want you to come forward and respond to that. Maybe you started that process, but it got a bit tough. I know what that's like. I've been on the road for 30 years. But if you want to start again, let me encourage you, do that again tonight. God will be with you and we will meet you as well. 
And maybe you just want to be a help to others and you've taken on some stuff tonight and you want to be able to remember that and to be further equipped and to be a blessing to other people, then I'd love you to come forward uh, as well. Now, we've got some food and some snacks out there, but that's fine. They know we're in here. That will be there for you. You're not going to miss out. But if you don't come forward tonight and you need to, that's what you will miss out on. And so I want to encourage you to do that. So the worship team, we're just going to sing quietly in the background there. Thanks, Amanda. And uh, pastoral team, if you can come out as well, pastoral staff and leaders. And we would love to pray with you. Don't leave tonight without responding if you feel you need to and you want to. Thank you, team.